0: Hello, and welcome to this episode of Say Something Interesting. This is the follow-up podcast from Eastlake Tri-Cities. We are very excited today. I'm Megan, and with me as always is Brent. Hey, everybody. And we have a very special you're, guest you're today. you excited
1: that you're Megan? Huh? You're, you're very excited that I'm Megan. Yeah. That's yeah. what you said. Uh-huh. I'm, so very I'm very excited. excited. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah.
0: Stream of consciousness. <laughs> yeah, Thanks, Seth. Uh-huh, yeah. um, great intro.
2: <laughs> and that's Seth. <laughs> Our Enneagram Eight friend, how are you, buddy? Uh, I'm doing well. (laughs) Have you taken the Enneagram? Do you know your number? You know what?
1: I do not know my number. I need to take that. I, I, you know, I'm back in the uh, Myers-Briggs era. Oh my! You're an otter. You're like an otter. No, no, that was the. I don't know. That was the. the okay. Myers briggs is the ENFJ Oh, yep. yep. uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm still know.
0: in that era, too. I haven't done Enneagram either. Yeah, I should do the Enneagram. Uh, well, I know. All
2: right. <laughs> oh, boy. We got some work to do. All right.
1: Well, that was quick. We yeah. should go. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a
2: great week. Uh, coming to you from um. a very, a very special Memorial Day podcast episode. We are recording this. On Monday, Memorial yes. Day. This is not a work day for Megan. Uh, no. and So thank you for coming in. Oh, you're welcome. On, it's on not a work day for, day. Either, so not day for you either. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so thank you for coming in. But Seth's in town. He leaves this afternoon. So we wanted to record today to get his input on it. He um, is a friend of mine who lives currently in Denver, kicked off our series yesterday, um, was a pastor in Richland for seven and a half years, uh, and then fled to some podunk town named Denver, Colorado. A <laughs> well, yeah, couple people, yeah. A couple people there. And uh, Do you live
0: in actual Denver?
2: No, no, I live in a place called Ingle Hood.
1: Okay. It's actually Wood, but it's really the hood. Oh, I actually, okay. The Lucky You Motel, I can see from my front steps, yeah. it's pretty cool. Uh, my
0: brother and sister-in-law live in Arvada. So.
1: Arvada, okay, great, yeah. yeah. Well, if you yep. want to have a bed for an hour, <laughs> a night, a weekend, a week, uh-huh. uh, they do have hourly rates. Okay, so, okay. The, the Lucky, lucky <laughs> You Hotel. The lucky You mo- Motel. Lucky You, you got hepatitis.
2: You and, never know what you're going to yeah, leave with <laughs> at this place. Absolutely, yep, yep. Uh, fun i uh had a chance to go down and see his house this last year uh he uh got tickets to the opening day of the nfl season they were hosting conveniently the seattle seahawks so i got to go to Broncos stadium mile high stadium and uh watch us just get a win just absolutely robbed from us from the most uh, egregious call of the year yeah (laughs) And oh, I, oh, I, was I was there oh, in the person. I was there in person. Saints fans, how do no, you no, feel no. about it's, that? It's yeah. definitely, definitely the one. They, they forgot about it because it was just the opening game of the season. That was it, the right, uh, right, NFC right, championship right, right, right. game. But this was the most egregious. <laughs> Demarius Thomas did not have his toe. Anyways, doesn't matter. Um <laughs> And it, uh, so it's good to have him. His wife is here as well. So she was here yesterday. Um, and so they, are, they came back, saw some old friends, had a chance to have him speak. Thought he would be a great addition to the conversation about work and life because somebody who's been on both sides of things from a minister standpoint for you uh, and now doing kind of secular job stuff. Uh, and it was awesome. So fun to have him. Seth, what do you, what do you uh, miss the most about the Tri-Cities, mm-hmm. having lived here for seven years? That you didn't think you would miss. I know that I'm throwing you on the spot here. Yeah,
1: the first thing that came to mind when I walked off the plane out of the airport was the uh, Russian olive
2: smell. Okay. Yeah. I don't, you I don't know if you I missed that? the that, Russian but olive smell. It was <laughs> like, uh, I can send some yeah, home with you. I,
1: right, exactly. Yeah, all of it, right? Yeah, um, I'll send so, home my
2: allergies with you. Yeah, go ahead. I know. So Probably I my I don't least know. favorite yeah. smell
0: on the planet. Yeah. Yeah. I know, Honestly.
1: right? Because it, it constitutes a great uh, attitude of. Um,
0: well, it's just like sickly sweet. That's how I describe it right, to people. Right, right. You're like, I You're should like, like
1: that, but I don't. Yeah, it's, but too, I should, but I don't. it's yeah. too
0: much. I don't,
1: yeah. 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 But what I did, you know, it was kind of funny. <laughs> I went out to a brew pub yesterday or a tap house, you know, and so there's, you know, 37 beers on tap. And I went for the wine because <laughs> Denver, I don't know if you know this, but we do have a couple of breweries there. Yeah. I think we actually have 200, uh, something like that. So I wasn't looking for beer. I do, I I miss the wine.
2: It's, it's phenomenal and... We we did. We took him to Yolks the other day because we were having mm-hmm. a dinner over at our house, right. and went through the wine section. And was like, he was like a little kid in Disneyland. It was like Christmas. <laughs> he was <laughs> pointing <laughs> all the labels, going, "Oh God, I remember that one, Alexander. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, oh. <laughs> you should try their Limburger. Oh my God, oh, the Limburger. The yeah, Limburger. It sounds like a meat, but it tastes like a wine. <laughs> <laughs> it goes great with meat. Yes. Also, awesome. Limburger cheese. Isn't that a cheese? Yeah, Isn't that a I think it cheese? is a nasty oh. cheese. Yeah. Is it Limburger? Yeah. I think yeah. that Anyways, is a cheese. Yeah. It's a wine, too. And it wasn't huh. bad. It was good. I like it. It was yeah. my least favorite of the ones we had this weekend.
1: Well, I feel like we had it out of order, though.
2: Yeah. we didn't That's true. Eat, we
1: didn't drink it uh, when we should have. We drank it after we had a really.
2: Anyway. So, wine country. You miss, you've you missed I that. I do.
1: I do miss the wine country. Yeah. And just, you know, the affordability wine. I, mean, I mean, we can get a lot of the same wines in, in Denver, but it, you know, costs a lot to ship those across the country. So. We have to pay for that. If only you
2: had a friend here who would ship them for you. <laughs> I know,
1: right? I'll leave you some bubble wrap.
2: I'll leave you some You'll bubble wrap. leave my, my own bubble wrap. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he is currently uh, about to pack. How many bottles? Four, at least. Uh, yeah, Depending so. on how many you drink this afternoon. Oh, right.
1: Well, <laughs> we do have we do have a little bit
2: of time. So <laughs> yeah. plane takes off at uh, yeah. four. So yeah. there's still some time to make yep, some of those exactly. things happen. Yep. <laughs> uh, any anything about the Tri Cities you do not miss at all? Mm. I mean, other than the Russian olive, anything you're like, no, this is, I got back and I'm like, okay, this is.
1: Yeah. It was wild. You know, I mean, we were, I was just driving around today and it's like, it was like a ghost town, like Memorial Day, like eight o'clock. And it's like, it still comes across as a little small town-ish. I don't know. <laughs> what? I know, right?
2: <laughs> but we're so big. We've we're grown so fast. We're like
0: the so third fast. metropolitan area in the like, state. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Yeah.
1: right, right, right. Yeah, justify it in yeah.
2: Denver's, yeah,
1: yeah. So it's in, it, it is interesting. Um,
2: it was a fun weekend going around with him and having like him being like, "Oh, that's open, or that's right, different, right. or that's new, or what happened to PF Chang's?" Yeah, you know, that was like, wild. <laughs> yeah, Chang, like that rocked gone. his world. PF yeah. Chang's gone. How did that happen? <laughs> right? How did a national chain <laughs> not, not make, make it, it in the Tri Cities? Yeah, exactly. That is insane. And he's yeah. right. I was like, I don't remember why it went down. I don't remember either. Yeah. How disappear. did that not make it in Famous Days? Behind it did. I don't right. get it. Right, yeah. doesn't I mean, make any I mean, sense. It. This is no. an injustice. No. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> We're fucked
0: on Memorial Day. This yes. is an injustice. Yes,
2: yes. Let's we need to fight for this.
0: I think maybe you need to like redefine yeah. that. Yeah, word. yeah. yeah. i might
2: have <laughs> to bring back PF Chang's movement. have Chris mm-hmm. re-edit that. Go back. Did he just say injustice on the moral <laughs>
0: It's
2: an injustice that not uh, like anything good has gone in there yet. I, I was talking to him. Uh, there's I,
0: n- yeah, nothing's replaced it yet. It's
2: been like a year, hasn't it? Or over a year? Or over, yeah. I mean, good grief, guys. It's right by the mall. What else do you want? So yeah. who knows?
0: I don't know. I feel like that area is not as central. I like not as central mm. to the tri cities as it used, as it to, used be. to be.
2: Yeah, that's true. So. Yeah,
1: I want. I wonder. Yeah, I mean, I think of like Colorado Springs used to have like some major walls and now they're just like dens of death. Like yeah. it's bad news.
0: Well nobody and goes I, to the mall anymore. I know that's what like. I'm wondering. Like
1: I'm you know, is it like
2: he
0: was he was
2: saying that the other day, you guys ha- how's your mall going? And I was like, uh I don't know. I haven't been in since Christmas <laughs> So I have no idea. Right. The last Good, time fine. I was at
0: the mall was not even for shopping. It was during Snowmageddon, and I was like, I need to be out of oh, yeah. my house. Pretty sure. Oh, so you're hanging for out with silver sneakers? So I went to yeah. yeah. I went. Mall I'm walking. Sure. Yeah.
2: I'm pretty sure we did the same thing because we're like, we got to move. I got to do something. Yeah. 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 This was yeah, stupid. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, that's fun. Uh, and it's been a couple years since you've seen the theater. So yesterday I was doing a little tour of you, you know, mm-hmm. for you yeah, and yeah, showing yeah, yeah. you, right. we put up these sound insulating curtains <laughs> yeah, and yeah. all the stuff. And here's what's, bro- here's what's broken since the last time you saw it.
1: Right, 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 right.
2: Um, and, uh, it's been, so, after um, you left your church in Richland, you came and were part of Eastlake for, I don't know, six months maybe? Before, something like that, Yeah, four to six months. Yeah, something like that. You did some work for us on the yeah. side with some projects and, yeah. and spoke a couple of times. And yeah. you've been a part of the community for a little mm-hmm. while. And uh, then uh, I asked you yesterday, how many people did you recognize from, you know, how many people do you remember? Yeah. And it was...
1: Like twenty five, thirty percent.
2: Yeah, it's crazy. (laughs) Yeah, which means you have a bad memory because it's all the same. I'm
1: just kidding, right? No, I mean, but that's exciting too. Mm -hmm. That I mean, there are, you know, you you launch with a group of people, but then you know, over time, people move, obviously. But you know, hopefully, you're 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 maturing in a way that you weren't anticipating, and I think that's probably exciting for you because you're seeing new faces. Um, Yeah. We had like 10 right
0: first-time guests that marked I cards yesterday, Yeah, which I was like, this is Memorial Day, I know. what are, what are I, you people I, I doing? <laughs> yeah,
1: You can see Brent, he was pretty upset. He's like, uh, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and preach. It's um, Thanks for coming out, but I, I got this. <laughs> Thought he brought me in for like hey. the you know, third third of the population <laughs> yeah. coming in. This is like, supposed you know. to be a
2: down week, you, it know. Wasn't you guys. It was really, though. No, it wasn't. It was really great, actually. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for coming yeah. out to yeah. Memorial right. Day. Come on. Uh, yeah, no, it's fun. We get a chance to talk a lot of church stuff. In fact, him and I have a standing uh, phone date every every Thursday at three yeah. o'clock. I get, my phone rings, and it's him getting off work and calling me for the drive home, right. and asking about what's going on in life, and what are you preaching right. on this weekend, and don't you, don't you ever talk about Jesus and all of the other <laughs> right right things that <laughs> right, go right, right. along with that. You know, you should,
1: there's a book called the Bible. You should, you should check it out.
2: He's always <laughs> been my uh, my my uh, like pendulum swing back to a a, a little bit more. I don't know what you what you would call it. Not conservative cuz you're not conservative. It's just it's a it's a a unique approach to church that is uh uh a good healthy like okay, yes, I do need to turn it back to Jesus because you can't just be like Got to be better at work, guys. You right, know what I mean. Right, right, right. Uh, and you did a good job of that yesterday. And I, I know I'm sliding, sliding into kind of recap mode already, but I've always appreciated um, having somebody like you in my life. Who we do, we have different perspectives on ministry. Right. Uh, but mm-hmm. it's always a healthy thing for me to have multiple voices, and you're definitely a voice for me. So yeah. if 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 at all, if you like East and you love sort of the centrality of of Jesus or that it always comes back to there um you probably have Seth to thank for at least at least some of that so there you go yeah but
1: it's fun I mean I love I love the dialogue and I love that we don't have to always agree and don't I just love that we're able to really think through that and I can challenge you on it and it's been it's been fun to have that for for over over the course of years and not only to the point where it's just like wow that's a good thought but you even let me come in and preach. It that in mind right
2: with with the microphone in my pocket in case i have to come up and clean the mess up afterwards (laughs) always do man
1: yeah yeah Thomas Jefferson didn't do
0: ah.
2: nothing. He, were you there for first service? Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. yeah. It's a second service, quote. what are you talking about? He used the Thomas Jefferson quote that I'm pretty sure it wasn't Thomas Jefferson, but yeah. you know, it's like can, one of
0: those quotes that gets attributed to anybody.
2: And yeah, I, just any to, father, I just wanted to point that out. Ralph
1: Waldo Emerson, anybody? Ralph Waldo Emerson, yeah. Ralph Waldo ever <laughs> <anything but> exactly. <laughs>
2: it's a poster in my bathroom. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> uh, cross stitch. Yeah, now, is that cross stitch coming? It's yeah. good. Yeah, it's yeah, good.
0: When it? you, like you put out a cross stitch example, I was like. And then you're like, "Oh, sorry, I got it wrong." I was like, "Yeah, well, I think maybe you should be apologizing for having a cross stitch." Right. That's I know. true. That's true. <laughs> Although before you spend all I that, time that pretty hardcore when I was like ten. So yeah, absolutely,
2: <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I made bookmarks
0: for both my grandmas. It was great. Oh,
2: they loved them too. They right? did love them. Yes, I'm sure they did. They still use them.
0: Well, <laughs>
2: uh, so we kicked off a, a brand new series yesterday. A series that I'm super excited about. A series on work. We're calling it the Art of Labor. Um, which oftentimes doesn't feel like that's what you do. Like, there are jobs that are artistic, but you wouldn't call those labor jobs. Labor jobs for most people are like the menial um, I dig a trench, I work with sprinklers, I mow lawns, I uh, deliver babies, I, you know, whatever it is, um, that's literally labor. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, labor is just work and then there are some jobs who you called them yesterday noble professions um teachers pastors lawyers uh just in that it, where it's like um yeah which is funny to include lawyers in there but <laughs> there you go. um where it's it's uh, everybody kind of looks at that as like a different thing oh you're, you really are genuinely helping these students out these kids that you can point to and be like it's not a product you're producing but lives that you're actually right. changing um and so but what we wanted to do is is Draw, uh, or draw upon like a real reservoir, reservoir of teaching from the historical Christian church about labor being uh, not just something that you do to make a paycheck or or something that you do to get by so that you can live for Saturday and Sunday, but like a genuine expression of your own personal creativity that God has blessed you with, and um, so the idea of a vocation, a calling, uh 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 using your talents and abilities for God's purpose and God's shalom or his creation and all of that stuff and so um I think it's a super important topic uh Kylie mentioned um yesterday how passionate she sees that in me when we get to talk about it I love talking about this around a campfire or, or just in, in general what do you do for work why do you do it what's your motivation what do you see you know that kind of thing like I I just I love the I I can connect with people. It's a common place for me to connect with people because they're they spend a majority of their life doing that, and they have perceptions on it and they have insights into that profession or that you know behind the curtains how this thing actually operates and what we actually do. One of my favorite things to do is um, whenever they do those car shows in the park with McCurley, right? They take over the whole Columbia Park. I just to love to go down because John uh, Inman was you know in leadership there and and several for a long time we had lots of salesmen in, in that uh, in that workplace as well so i knew a lot of people so i could go down and listen to them do their pregame speech prior to the day of going off and selling these cars and i loved it cuz i am not tied to it i don't care if they hit their goals or not i hit their goals i mean <laughs> i want to celebrate with them but like i wanted to hear what motivates them because that's them getting up and getting fired up about their work and how do you how do you get people passionate about selling people a hunk of steel? Right. Through money motivation, through all this, like we're gonna hit these goals together, we're gonna do this camaraderie, rah, rah, rah. It's just fun. It's good. It it excites me and I'm not even selling the cars or making the money. So <laughs> I end up buying a car as a result of it. No, just, just <laughs> hey, while you're here. <laughs> So you had a basic uh, three concept point, which is basically serve within your whatever whatever avenue you're in. When life when work feels menial, right? Work within your strengths. Find out what works for you. If and uh, what I liked about that is evaluate yourself based on those strengths. There might be other parts of your job that you have to do, and you're like, I'm not. This isn't my strength. I don't like paperwork, but I have to do it because it's part of the job. But I'm going to evaluate my strength and base my emotions on what I can be, st- what what are, what are strengths for me and what I think I'm, I'm really good at and, and can benefit from. Right. Uh, and then serving others, which is basically finding out how what I do is serving others. I make these widgets. Yeah, but these widgets help people um, drive saver or they they uh, insulate their home so that they can sleep in warmth and avoid you know right. all that kind right, of stuff right, right. for installation-wise. So h- humanize it in some sort of way. Mm-hmm. Figuring out it's not just a product, but humanizing it. Uh, and then serving the work, which is basically... Developing systems, doing it to the best of your ability, trying to be really good at what you do, and having that be kind of a part of it. Did I summarize that basically correctly? Yeah, I, think, I mean
1: mm-hmm. that third point is really, and then and then really share it and develop it around you, and then develop your culture too, where you're, it's a place that is inspiring for others. So you know what, I, I'm not excited about Monday, but Seth's gonna be there, and he's gonna be my champion. He's gonna. Encourage you know, make me laugh and smile. So what can I do to actually add value to my culture too? So um, share what I've, what I found. Hey, listen, I don't know if you knew if we do it this way, we can, it's going to be a lot better. It's going to be a better system that we've developed. Uh, Let's try to implement that. And then also just uh, really being that, that encouragement around wherever it is you work, you know?
2: And you went from a job of real kind of self-management. I mean, in, in pastoral work, uh, you were at a church that had people above you. You had supervisors you yeah. had to report to, right? But they weren't like in your. Op- there were I, I doubt it was like here's your daily goals. Yep. Here's even your yep. monthly goals. It was right. like checking in every six months. How you doing? What can we do? Right. You know what's what, how many kids are in the youth group? Sure. Is any have anybody, any kid been lost at camp yet? Right, right, right. right. <laughs> how many kids are smoking weed? Yeah. Whatever else, right? <laughs> um, how do we get that number up? Just kidding. That's not it. <laughs> Different church. Um, you uh, are now in a job, corporate America, where yep. it is, you yep. mentioned 98% accuracy. Yep. I imagine that the daily goals, the monthly, the meetings, the it's far more in your face. And I mean, what have you learned most in the last, how long have you been at John's Manville? Two years? Yeah, two and a half okay, years. Okay, two and a half so, years. Yeah. What have you learned most in that that was like, that's a new shift for, for me from a different kind of job where I had, I kind of set my own pace and now it's set for me and I'm, I'm doing this.
1: Right. I mean, I think, surprisingly, it's the same. Because, I mean, whatever I do, you know, I've just remodeled my home. I want to do that with excellence. And I can tell you all of the... All the things that are wrong with it. All you know, wow, that that piece of tile isn't in right or that counter. And you're
2: not speaking metaphorically, you really did just remodel your whole kitchen, bathroom, and all that kind of stuff. So this is I'm amazed at how much
1: things translate. Because I, you know, anytime I did ministry, I was always doing that with excellence. And I was never satisfied with you know the message that I taught yesterday. I wanted to get better next week and I wanted to find create more of an environment where students wanted to be a part of it. And so I'm amazed at how much that translates into I want to do this job with excellence. Yeah, there's 98% accuracy. I need to maintain my orders properly. But at the same time, I want to do that anyway, right? I want to see excellence happen. And I think that that translates. And what's interesting to me is, um, you know, you talk about the art of labor as as kind of the theme, you know, life is worship. And I always preached that when I was in ministry, but now I'm seeing that at work where I want to do a good job. Yeah, I want to collect a paycheck. Yeah, I want to have job security. I don't want to get fired, but I want to do things very well. And... Um, I want to be satisfied in it and excited about it, and I know that when I do things well, when I put in a good effort, it's weird. I mean, an order entry is what I do, and order maintenance is what I do, but there's still an act of worship in the in the midst of that, and that's that's been amazing for me to see. And, and definitely, I forget it from time to time. Um, I get disappointed with things, and I'm wondering how how is this actually having any value in my life, but. I'm amazed that largely I, I can still see worship in the midst of, you know, taking care of that customer. Who's
2: how do you not lose mind. sight of that? Like, what it, is there something that you read? Is it a, a is it the church that you go to that really drives that into you? How did because you can go through a series like this and be like, good, I'm real passionate about my work and I can see what I'm doing is spiritual, even though it's not you know, religiously oriented or whatever. Um, what for you has worked to keep that forefront in your mind? Just personal reflection, history on it yeah. um like if you get so frustrated i know i need to i need to do this is there a quote that you is there somebody that you read that has been a resource for you in that way
1: yeah um you know i i remember there is a wealth of knowledge and a wealth of passion in that regard one of the things i really wanted to teach was I, you know, when i was in ministry was re- Romans 12, 1 and 2, and basically it's that worship is life, and um, what you do, you know, therefore, because all this other stuff is true, Romans 1 through 11 is true, therefore, live as a living sacrifice. And, And so I would preach that to my high school students, and I would preach that to my staff, and when I had an opportunity from the pulpit to make sure that was coming across... And it's been fun to live that out. And so all these things that I said when I was in ministry for whatever, 15 years...
2: All theory, and now it's like practice. Now it's like yeah. I get to
1: rethink that and go, is that really true? Yeah. And yeah, so yeah. It, so there is something about that that I did steep in that for a long time, and I think now I get to live it out. And it's cool to see. I'm, I'm not like, wow, that was a bunch of crap. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, it, I think it, it plays out, because if not... What is the purpose? You know, why am I doing this? Why am I showing up? Why am I serving out of my strengths? I should just go build my own kingdom, whatever that looks like. Uh, uh, why would I serve others? You know, it's like it's all about self self worship. You're worshiping something, and so um, so that's something I've been able to come back to, thankfully.
2: Yeah. Awesome, Megan, that's What cool. do you got? You've been you've been talking our ears off the whole time, and yeah, it, I,
1: know. I, I really I just... wish you'd stop talking. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, you know. Ah. Um. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, well, I do have one of the noble professions. Mm, I put mm. that in quotes. Yeah. Um, cause I work with children <laughs> and, uh, but I, I was really interested yesterday cause you were talking about, even in those, you have moments of being like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? I don't, I've never experienced that really. Even on my super hard days, I always am very much aware that I am having an impact and even when kids are like, you're the worst, I hate you. I, it's because I think for me, really early in my work in education, I came across this. Um, I'm going to use a quote um, Robert Louis Stevenson, which I or think it's, we'll see, we'll see. Yeah. I'm, I'm Googling I'm it right sure, now. Make sure you get it I'm right. I'm pretty sure it's, um, <laughs> it's fairly well attributed to him. Right. Uh, but it says, I wrote it down so I could say it correctly. It says, don't judge each day by the harvest you reap, but by the seeds that you plant. And so I think my perspective going in as an educator isn't that I'm going to see any sort of outcome. I, my hope every single day is that whatever I do one day down the future in like one out of 10 kids maybe makes my little voice come into their brain and think, oh, maybe I should do it this way. Or, like, I'm not, I'm not in it for seeing some sort of product right now. I'm in it for being someone who, like, plants a little seed that there are people in this world that care about you, there are people in this world that want you to succeed, you are valuable, you are capable, you are able. And so that's, like, always been my perspective going in. And so my work isn't, like, my idea of what my work is isn't some product, it isn't something that I'm ever going to see anything about and even like I don't even expect to have some student come back to me someday and say you really had this amazing impact obviously I want that deep in my heart but like that's not my expectation ever and so I think that changes how like that for me when you were talking about serving the work that is what that's what that is for me I don't serve I'm serving when I'm in my job and doing my work and working with my kids and even doing like the administrative stuff that I do or managing my staff or things like that. It's, it's, I'm serving my work of planting seeds. Well, and that's
1: exactly that. The warning that Dorothy Sayers, that quote yeah. that you pulled out was saying, like, if you do serve others, that's good, but you can't have that be your ultimate goal. Cause you will long for them to come back and say, mm-hmm. you're the best ever or yeah. give you that accolade or, or come back and say, I am who I am because you taught me or whatever the case <laughs> is, you know? And so you long for that. Yeah. Um, and it, and, you know, you, you will be disappointed and frustrated, I think. So I think that you need to go that next level and serve your work because, um, you make it better, teach others how to do this with that passion and that hope.
0: Yeah. And for me, that quote has been that kind of anchor point of, mm-hmm. it's not about the product. It's not about the product. It's about putting a little seed in there and making like making a start.
2: Right, which needs to be a part of every conversation on, on work or series on work, I think, is the idea of like, listen, there are long term jobs and there are short term jobs, right? For Seth, the the trucks go out at the end of the month. It's ninety eight percent, and he can point to it and be like, I know what I did. That's what I did, mm-hmm. on, and I was one hundred percent accurate this month. Boom. Next month, let's go. You know, like, or if it's a a sales job and it's a commission based thing, it's I need to close twelve sales this month. That's my goal, and I did it. Now I'm moving on. And it's very immediate, like an immediate, uh, immediate feedback where there are some jobs where the feedback is not immediate. It is long-term. Mm-hmm. It is, I'm going to be, uh, so one of the guys in my morning men's group, uh, works at uh, Energy Northwest, and they every two years they do a change out on all of their stuff. And as soon as, and they're in the middle of it right now, 21 days of like the whole thing shut down, and everybody's working like 20 hours a day. It's stupid. And then the day after the shutdown is done, they start planning for two years from that day. Right, so it's really hard to point to something. You have to like get your mindset of I'm not gonna be able to know if we did a good job for two years, or if you're a stay at home mom like, raising these kids. Mm-hmm. Right? There's no short term. There's no short term feedback. Your short term feedback is a kid screaming at you going, I hate you and I yeah. don't want to go to bed. You have to be this long term, I'm planting seeds that are someday gonna bear fruit, you know, bear fruit. And and I'll I won't know if I'm a good mom, <laughs> you're a good mom. But you know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah. you won't feel like a good mom for a, a really long time. And there are jobs like that all the time, all the time. Um, and, and there's pros and cons to both. Cause you can definitely get into a short-term one and feel good when things are going good. But then you can also get it and be like, is this really making an impact? Like anybody could do kind of some of the things that I do versus a long-term one. There's a little bit more of a legacy impact on it, but you know, so there's, there's definitely pros and cons to both levels of vocation. And I think you just need to kind of evaluate where you're at uh, in your current station of life and, uh, know that somebody in a short-term situation may have different, um, Like you may be jealous of the feedback that they get. You may be jealous of the success that they seem to have in their job and yours is different and you got to be okay with that. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. But I think even in like those short-term jobs, finding that long-term payoff is also critical. Like whether it, maybe it isn't in your actual like day-to-day work that you do, but in like the company or in the people that you work with, like finding that long-term investment is, is a part like that's part of who we are as humans is wanting that legacy wanting that yeah um that long-term investment in other people in in businesses and things like that so i think like and seth was talking about that too yesterday like finding like finding areas of your strength that you can invest in other people invest in the company and so maybe not in those words exactly but
2: <laughs> and figure out how to make it qualitative and not just quantitative because yeah our tendency in long-term positions is to be, I did this 23 years of service, 25 years of service, right? Well, you get, the, you get one chance at life. You're going to do that one time. Like, do you really want it to be just a a, a number of years that you were able to do this in, in this role? Um, I, I think it's got to be more than that. It's got to be a qualitative piece to it too because the quantitative is kind of easy. It's just, I've been doing this for eight years. Yeah, but is it good, poorly, <laughs> mediocrely, how? Like, that's right. not all that impressive. Everybody's... Doing something yeah. for some everybody spend their time somehow, right? Um, waiting for
1: retirement, twenty five years. Waiting for retirement, twenty four years. <laughs> yeah, 23, that's, 22, that's
2: quantitative yeah. evaluation. It's fine, but it's really not that great. Don't right. it's it's not all it's propped up to be, um, but you know. Yeah.
0: I, I find it funny how excited you get about work series because oh, – I love it. I know. But I think that's a man thing.
2: <laughs> Is it? I, I, <laughs> Kylie does a good job of helping me uh, remind me, hey, not everybody works uh, in the same way that you do. Yeah. And uh, she's a stay-at-home mom. So um, she worked – when we first had London, she worked at Tully's. And then she does some graphic design on the side, but like in terms of um, hourly punch the clock kind of job, it's been, it's been a while since she had it. So she, she's constantly, I think working through and processing, and, and having me help process, help process with her. Like, this is are uh, this is a job. I know a, there's no 401k, but what I'm doing is a job, right Brent, and I'm always, and I'm trying to reinforce this, but mm-hmm. obviously if there's self doubt in there then I need to do a better job with that. So it's it's always how do you help them? Everybody is doing some sort of a vocation right now. Well, and I think it's also just like but.
0: a societal thing in our cause I noticed one of the first questions men ask each other is what do you do for work? What do, you do absolutely. Yeah. And One of the first questions that women ask each other is like how are you? What's your life like? Like, where do you find value? So it's like, it's just like a different like value system, just um, kind of culturally between men and women. For sure. And so I like, I find that really interesting when we're talking about work series because everybody works in some capacity. uh, But it's interesting to me how our society and particularly men in our society value work and so, and find value in themselves in their work. And it just, um, which, I mean, women do, too, because I, for sure, find value in myself through my work. But it's just, it's not always the first thing I, like, talk about when I talk to people. So. Sure. Right.
2: <laughs> I get it. Makes sense. Good. Anything else to say out to you for that? No, that's my interest. Seth, anything else that uh, you wanted to say? wish you could have said. Now you've had 24 hours now to think about it. Not quite 24 hours, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Obviously, we you and I've been talking about this series and you coming up and, and what you're going to be talking about for I don't know, probably 3 months or so, maybe more than that. I don't even know. Um and there was probably a lot of research that gets filtered out cuz you only get one, one chance to do this. There's the bummer for you is well, you don't have a second week to come no, back right, up and be like, "Hey guys, went, yeah. missed this. Sorry." Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I do, right? So Right. Um, the pressure of crushing it the first time is intense, so
1: I had something in and- react to something you said
2: this morning um, we talked about the dorothy sayers thing
1: well yeah that's a total yeah i mean that that could even go into the the say something interesting let's do it um,
2: we'll, we can do that we'll, we'll just do that we'll, yeah. we're fluid yeah. today we're actually at <laughs> 31 minutes already so yes yeah. uh we spend usually some time talking about something that we found interesting something we read experience mm-hmm. watched uh and seth's got one for a dorothy sayers thought
1: yeah so i mean we i referenced a dorothy sayers quote uh from an article that she wrote a long time ago in between world wars as the, as it was looking like the world war two is going to wrap up and we have a huge workforce who's going to come back from the front lines and get back into work. And so the factories were booming during world war two, of course they're building planes and bullets and all that stuff. Um, and so these factories are going to get repurposed back into consumerism. And she was really struggling with what do you do with that? And uh, she said, she had a great quote in the midst of this article um, that said, A society in which consumption has to be artificially stimulated in order to keep production going, society founded on trash and waste. And such mm. a society is a house built upon sand. Mm. And you think about that. So they're bringing these people back. We have these factories. We can't let them go dormant. Um, we've got to maximize them. So how do you maximize them? Well, we had the greatest purchasing agent in the military. Now we need to restructure and remobilize our people to buy crap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what are we going to do with it? You know, We need to start saying, hey, that, that car that we told you to hold on to through the war, we want you to now get rid of and buy a new one, mm-hmm. right? We used to use that machine to build the Jeep for for the war. Now we've got this machine, and we need somebody to buy it. Military's military is not buying it anymore. You can buy it. And I think of that, and, and Brent and I we're talking today, and how does that translate to us, right? So for the most part, my generation, I mean, we watched the Iraq war and Afghanistan war, but it wasn't a, a major mobilization like World War II was, where you're just watching a major portion of the workforce going out and coming back. So what's been our war? And I think of our war against the recession, right? So how do we get out of this recession? You get some good leadership that gets us out of the housing crisis and, and, um, and getting people to work. I mean, we've got the lowest job unemployment rate in Forever, right? Like a two percent nationally. It's just incredible. Um, and it was
2: like a stimulus package, if you remember. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. They're like, here's free money. Go spend it. Don't Please. save it. Please yep. go to a restaurant, buy a new car, buy your kids a new bike, yep. right? It was exactly it was we want you to spend money because we're mm-hmm. trying to stimulate right. this consumeristic so that you'll do it the short term, and be like, ooh, that right. was fun. Now yeah. I keep spending my own money right. later on, right? So. so
1: I'm so sad. Like, did we not? And that was the whole purpose of Dorothy Sayer's article was let's learn before we get back into this. And I'm like, I'm looking back over the last 10 years and how much consumerism we have and how many restaurants we have opening all the time and very successful. And did we learn anything? You know, we had an opportunity to learn something in the recession. And it's like, what we learned is we should spend more money instead of save it. (laughs) (laughs) So that that was the interesting thing for me. It was a great caveat from what I was talking about. Um, that didn't fit into the sermon anywhere, but I thought, man, this is, it's good. I, I'd love to talk about it somewhere, maybe a podcast someday,
0: <laughs> and here I am. Dreams do come true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I yeah. love it. Uh, Megan, what do you got for
2: us for something um, interesting?
0: So Margo um, shot a couple ideas at me. They were both pretty cool. Because mm-hmm. she loves me more. Yep. Um, and...
2: <laughs> she got a dog. Did you see that? Yes, I did. Congratulations, looks... Margo.
0: Like, large and fluffy. Did you see
2: the, the, she had a story of her cat. Yes. Like, peeking around the corner, like, yeah. what the F is that dog yeah. doing
0: here? <laughs> her poor cat. <laughs> so, so she had a cat before she moved here. Yeah. And then, she moved him all the way across the country. Yeah. So, with, he's like. With anxiety medicine. With anxiety medicine like, that didn't CBD work. CBD for cats. And then, anyway, so, he's like a mama's boy cat. Like, they're doing their thing. So, first, she brings in a guy. Yeah. So, she gets married. The cat's yeah, yeah, like, what the F? Whatever. Then they get another cat.
2: Yeah. <laughs> a ca- fatter cat.
0: Yeah, a bigger cat, a fatter cat. Yep. The cat's like, jeez Louise. Then she moves him back across the country and then brings a the dog into the situation. Yeah. Poor Barnabas. It's almost parental abuse, yeah. really.
2: <laughs> like cat owner abuse. It's on the fringe. I know she loves the cat, yeah. so I won't say that. But,
0: yeah. <laughs> but that no, cat no, no feels will like be done. It. Yeah. I won't report it.
2: <laughs> I'll let it go. But Yeah, poor Barnabas. <laughs> yeah.
0: Anyhow, that's not has nothing to do with what she what she uh, sent me. But this was I thought was super cool. So um, in London, are you all familiar with the fact that there are black cabs everywhere in London? Yeah, like cabbies. That's yes. how you get around. So they apparently have to take a like ridiculously hard test in order to become a black cabbie. It's called the knowledge. It takes the
1: knowledge. Uh-huh. Wow. That sounds like uh, yeah. a secret society.
0: No, it takes yeah. on average, like two to four years. Is there for a Dan them... Brown
1: book on this? There on the Probably. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> <production>.
0: um, and <laughs> it takes like two to four years for them to learn enough to be able to pass the test. So they have to know basically all of the streets in London. They have to know like 320 routes, uh, different routes to get different places. They need to know all of the major landmarks and then all of the other places that people could say they want to go. And then in the like theaters and stuff, they also need to be aware of what's playing in that theater and all of the things like, a like that. basically. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. And so it takes in the Because they're
1: ambassadors to the city. Like you. you yeah. We, I uh-huh. can fly there and say, "Hey, I really want to go see a yeah. good show," and he would be able to drive me somewhere because he knows everything.
0: Exactly. And they. So it's like a full-time job trying to learn enough to pass this test. And apparently it has the pass rate of Navy SEALs. So like one in five, only one in five people pass the test and become a black, like become a cabbie for black cabs in London. That's awesome. I know. It was really cool. That's "That's cool. cool. Do they have other cab? companies or I is that the only one? they probably do. Okay, but, but
2: that's the one.
0: But that's the one.
2: The yeah. green cab company. Those, that, those are the, <laughs> yeah. the, those are the rejects. Those are Almost. <laughs> you, you never yeah. know sure where you're yeah. going to end up there. That's, what? Am I in Scotland? Where am yeah. I? Yeah. That's it was, There was a really test. cool
0: video and the guy was like, why don't you just use GPS? And the cabbie was like, well, what if there's like an accident or a road's closed and GPS doesn't know? That's cheating. He's like, I know in my brain and like five other ways to get there. So...
2: I was like, Amazing. that's pretty cool. I don't know. I think I trust the GPS. Well, yeah. we'll see. Yeah. Google's pretty quick
1: about knowing <laughs> yeah. when there's a pile up. Yeah, yeah. You're,
2: you're better than three billion people contributing to Google? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see, Black Cabby.
1: <laughs> Did you know in New York, like just off of that, can I go off of that? Yeah, yeah I absolutely. This, okay, cool. I just, no. All right. All right. I, didn't know, I didn't want to <laughs> <have so> <laughs> add value
2: or one up. You clearly have you never the, listened again. to this. Don't you know. see Brent? the order of service? <laughs> the agenda <laughs> on this napkin with a donut stain on it? Yeah.
1: Uh, uh like in New New, York. in New York the cab thing is like it you pass it down from generation to generation right and so your coin your cab coin I mean, Uber's really starting to stress that whole thing. But your cab coin's worth like one hundred and fifty, two hundred thousand dollars. Wow! And you like inherit it. It's not something that I mean you have to like
2: kind of like Red Sox season tickets, right? Like you can't
1: just you can't just yeah you can't be like hey I'm gonna be a cabbie and it's not the education, but it's the you know you have to know somebody or you know you have to leverage your house to buy into being a cab driver Mm -hmm. in New York. At least you did. I don't know if Uber's shifting that, but
2: yeah, probably is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mine is a continuation. I've done it for a couple weeks now, but I'm, I'm just getting more deeper and deeper into <laughs> Chernobyl stuff. Um, uh, so the show is still going on. It's almost over. There's two episodes left, but I bought a book called Midnight in Chernobyl by a guy <laughs> named Adam Higginbottom. He writes for the... Um, Botham? It might be Botham. I, I call it Bottom because I just want to. Um, <laughs> Meanwhile, back in first grade. Yeah, exactly. Grayson likes it she more when bottom. I say... Dad's <laughs> reading the Bottom book. Um... <laughs> It's uh, just a, he writes for the New Yorker, but it's um, uh, just a detailed account of what actually took place. Post and and I, I mentioned to Seth the other day, I'm like I'm almost done with this book, and the bookmark's only halfway through the book. And he's like, you're not almost done with this book? What are you, what are you crazy? And I was like, dude, the last over a quarter of the yeah. book is all like bibliography 125 and notes. pages, yeah, it's crazy. And I said the reason is because they're sifting th- like the Soviets did such a aggressive job at trying to cover this thing up for so long that they ha- you have to dig through all kinds of, I know they said this, but is this what really happened? Because 99 times out of 100, it's not what really happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they have like other... You know, collections of what actually happened. So he's got a cross reference. It's a r- super interesting stuff. I love it so much. In fact, my favorite thing so far has been um, that when it came out, Gorbachev was in power at the time, secretary, treasurer of the, or whatever, or secretary of it, secretary general. That's what it was, not treasurer. Um, <laughs> And he's pushing for openness, trying to reform the Soviet way of, hey, if if we are going to get these other countries to come and be communists like us, uh, then we need to lead with integrity and lead with all this kind of stuff. Uh, but then there's this balance of power of the KGB uh, with no official head title. There's not like one person. It was like just the KGB or like yes supporting it in the front but in the back end everything that goes out is all redacted and everything's not really there right so then somebody gets up to do a, a, a speech and they get their they get their report handed to them right before they go up to speak and it's like completely not what they had written down and this is what you're allowed to say or else your family dies <laughs> you know what yeah. i mean Yeah. Uh, it's cr- so crazy stuff and the dance that they were trying to do during that time to get information things are bad things are happening in their country they're trying to minimize it. They're they're. Uh, you've got Gorbachev saying we need to tell everybody, um, and they and then eventually they go, yes, we agree because we need outside help. Um, should we tell our own people? And the answer was maybe. <laughs> yes, we should tell the world what's going on. Maybe, maybe. we should tell our people. Wow crazy stuff yeah and then for a while there my favorite was they would send out like these letters to uh the west basically the all the nuclear programs in the west saying um so quick question if you <laughs> had a just nuclear instance. reactor melting potentially melting through the concrete barrier and into the groundwater what would you do yeah right <laughs> i'm asking for a friend just
0: like hypothetically yeah <laughs>
2: <laughs> While German cities and Swedish cities, their radiation alarms are going off. going Cause they're like hey, downstream. Something's happened. What's yeah. going on? Does anybody have an accident somewhere? Because we're like getting, our radars are going crazy. And the somebody's like, no, 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 absolutely not.
1: Yeah, we were noticing the same thing. Yeah, us too. <laughs>
2: but if you did have one, what would you do? Yeah. And everybody's like, okay, so it's definitely you. Yeah. <laughs> So crazy, <laughs> but like, I we need to maintain the, the facade mm-hmm. that we have it all together because they're in this cold war strategy, and they just and then at the end, just throwing just throwing men at the situation. Yeah. Like, we know this is radiation, we know it needs to be cleaned up. It'd be like Hanford, where here's what they would do they would bring in a hundred thousand guys and be like, All right, you you can hand your body can handle five minutes of this radiation. You are gonna go, you're gonna grab a graphite rod, you're gonna throw it in the garbage, and then you're gonna run out and you'll never work here ever again. Oh my word. And then you just you go, go back. Yep. You just go back in some other part of Russia and that's what you do. You yep. you got your twenty five rotgen per hour, uh, and and that's your max for your lifetime. Yep. And you'll never work here again. But we needed you for five minutes because oh we can't have the same person grab the rod and throw it in crazy stuff yeah 160,000 people rotated through to before they could build this sarcophagus basically around this reactor and basically holds it all in so oh my gosh That's, that is it's really good cool. yeah it's pretty interesting i love it um all right that'll do it for this week's episode of say something interesting next week we continue the art of labor series seth will be gone he'll be in denver probably climbing mountains or drinking beer um, or doing something else.: there whatever <laughs> it is that you do
0: <laughs> those are two things my brother also enjoys doing. just don't do so. them at yeah. the same
2: time please <laughs> what i mean yeah <laughs> Yeah,
1: I mean, yeah. Whatever. Uh, 7% IPA at 14,000 feet is pretty good. He has mentioned
2: that multiple times. He's like, the elevation here is so great. I can have... I
1: can crush it.
2: (laughs) I'm crushing. Ah. I'm like a professional drinker right now. Ah.
1: I'm not about you know doing anything athletic like riding my bike extra miles or anything. Let's just you know finish off that bottle. Exactly. You with me?
2: Yeah. What what an athlete! <laughs> what an athlete you are. Uh, so we'll be back next week. Yes. Enjoy your holiday. Hopefully uh, you had a chance to uh, spend some time with some family and be thankful for all of the sacrifices made so we can live in this amazing country uh, that we love so much. And uh, Megan, have a yeah. great week. You also awesome. see everybody next week. Thanks. Thanks for having us.